having kids heightens the awareness of everything, what their future looks like, what you can do to make their future better. And, you know, I want them to have the same opportunities that, that I have had as a, as a kid up until right now, where I've been able to go spearfish and surf and swim in the water. Welcome to EcoAlarm, the podcast where we break down the major factors affecting the environment and explore what we can do to help. I'm your host, Imani. And I'm your host, Bo. And today our guest is Jamie Mitchell. Jamie is a competitive big wave surfer and paddleboarder who's here with us today to talk about his work on the Seven Crossings project. For this project, Jamie paddled over 150 miles across the seven crossings of the Channel Islands to highlight climate change research solutions and educational outreach across Southern California, including our very own USC Wrigley Institute based on Catalina Island. The project includes a documentary of Jamie's personal journey. More details of the film can be found on our Instagram at EcoAlarm Podcast. Welcome, Jamie. So just to get started, it'd be great if you could give a brief introduction to yourself with your career in paddleboarding and surfing. Yeah, well, my yeah, my name is Jamie Mitchell. Uh, I'm originally from Australia. I now uh, live in Hawaii on the North Shore. Yeah, basically, I'm a professional water waterman, water athlete, you know, that has specialized in uh, prone paddling, stand-up paddling, and, uh, you know, big wave surfing. So, yeah, I, I, I won the Molokai to Oahu Paddleboard World Championship 10 years in a row. I've been on the Big Wave World Tour, won the Big Wave uh, Nazare Paddling event back in 2016. I'm invited to the Eddie Aikau Invitational. So, a bunch of cool stuff. I get to live the dream in the ocean, um, live in Hawaii. So all's good. Life is good. Yeah. How'd you get started with all of that? Just as a kid, my dad was a surfer. It's always taken me to the beach. So all my friends, you know, loved the beach and surfed. And so, yeah, it was just a natural progression from there. So as for as long as I can remember, I've just, I've loved the ocean and love being at the beach. And I guess with being a surfer, we kind of have a closer connection with the ocean and, environmental issues so I guess I was interested in learning more about maybe you personally or the surfing community in general with all of these new environmental issues coming up which ones are most I guess concerning to you yeah I you know I think that as I would hope that most people that love the nature whether it's you know the outdoors or the ocean you know are passionate about where they play you know so you know I I play in the ocean a lot and obviously you know, there's a lot of issues, you know, um, there's what the overfishing and then there's the plastics and the pollution and global warming that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a ton of stuff. And, and I, you know, I'm definitely no expert in this field, but, um, you know, I definitely take notice of what's going on and, you know, uh, I'd like to try and help in any capacity that I can, you know, whether it's giving a, a hand to a beach cleanup or like I did with the seven crossings project paddling the Channel Islands and raising awareness and stuff like that. So, you know, I think it's important as athletes and as people that to, that love where you work and where you play, it's important to be able to try and protect that the best you can. And, yeah, it's a shame that there's so much going on, but uh, so, so much to do, but so little time. But, you know, there's a lot of good companies and good people out there that do amazing things and thank God for them. And for me personally, I, I just try and do what I can you know it's probably doesn't seem like a lot but I got a family got two kids and want to show them 
you know, the right way to do things. And so hopefully they follow on, you know, the footsteps and can be like conservationists and, you know, really have a love for the environment and, and, and where we, where we get to live and, and work and play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, um, I resonated up with that a lot. We had someone from uh, surf rider foundation before on the podcast. They're pretty big in California, Hawaii too. And one of their focuses is beach uh, surf spot preservation. So they do a lot of beach cleanups as helping surfers to get involved with the environmental issues. And you mentioned family. So we were curious about kind of from that standpoint, did having a family change your views on environmental issues uh, in terms of next generations? For sure. I, I think it heightens, it heightens the, having kids heightens the awareness of everything, you know, like it's um, looking after yourself more, looking after them, you know, what their future looks like, what you can do to make their future better. And, you know, for me, we live in, like we, we live a walk away from the beach, you know, I can grab my kids, put the swimmers on and we can be in this beautiful ocean in like four minutes, you know? So they're, they're growing up on this beautiful island in Hawaii. That's, you know, got pristine water and beautiful mountains and, and they're going to grow up climbing those mountains and being in that water. And, you know, I want them to have the same opportunities that, that I have had as a, as a kid up until right now where they've been able to go and fish and go and sp- I've been able to go spearfish and surf and swim in the water. And who knows where we will be in 20 years if all these people and great companies don't get out and do stuff and promote stuff and, and show what's happening, you know? So, so yeah, so I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to, I want to make sure that my kids have the same opportunity that I have. And so, so I guess to answer your question, yes, you know, having kids definitely has um, heightened my awareness of of what's going on and, and lending a hand when I can and when time permits. And um, like I said, just do the best that the best that I can with what I have, you know? Yeah. And I guess going off of that theme, I guess your influence was a factor in going to the Seven Crossings project. So I'm just wondering, like, if you could get a, give a story of how that came to be in the first place and your influence. Yeah, I was I was sitting at the beach at Huntington Beach, and we're at a um, a sustainable aquaculture event, and a, fr- a guy that I just met there, you know, I was talking about, you know, how I paddleboard and how I love to paddle different islands and in between islands, and how one day I really want to paddle. Uh, the length of the Hawaiian Island chain. And then also I'd love to do, and I just pointed straight out to sea because at Huntington beach out the front there is that's where the, the channel islands are of California. And, and I said, and, I, and I'd love to paddle the channel islands in California as well. But, and, he, and he's like, Oh yeah. And we started chatting away and I, and, I, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't, I just don't want to paddle it. Like if I'm going to paddle it, we most, I'd love to do it for a good cause, you know, like what, what, what could that be? You know, it could be, raising awareness for a local community center here and where I live, or it could have, it could have been anything, you know, it could have picked anything. And, but it just felt right at that moment. It was all about sustainability, um, you know, the overfishing and sustainable aquaculture and which has got its own um, controversy in itself. But I thought, well, what, why don't I do something that lends its hand to California, the Channel Islands? And he goes, Hey, I know these people in the USC Wrigley Institute, they work on sustainable food, water, energy, and waste. Why don't we have a chat with them and see if they want to get involved? And literally in two weeks, we had a meeting and come up with this idea of, hey, let's paddle the Channel Islands and raise awareness for the USC Wrigley Institute. Yeah, it came from an idea of talking to a friend and it came to a reality, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess 
now you had this idea that you put together, right? How did you go about preparing for that? Because I was like reading up on it. And I was like, that's a long distance. And I know you're a professional, but um, I was wondering like, how did you train for that? Or is that something that you've done yeah. before? Have you gone longer distances? No, no. It's the first time I paddled, you know, c- complete back-to-back distances like that. And to be honest, I hadn't paddled a paddleboard for about 10 years because I'd finished my Molokai paddling career in 2011. And seven crossings was 2020 right i think so you know nine years i hadn't even i mean not when i say i haven't touched a paddleboard you know obviously i'm in shape i'm surfing and this and that but you know specifically a big long distance paddleboard i hadn't really been on on them so it took me a while preparation was about three months you know it consisted of swimming i was yoga i was um riding my bike i was i was paddling four times a week trying to build myself up and you know paddling um, anywhere from two hours to five to six hours, you know, um, in one, in one go. So yeah, it was just a, a matter of me getting enough training in without hurting, hurting myself or getting injured, you know, because, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. I think I was about 43 at the time and body, the body takes a little longer to warm up and get used to things. So I didn't have any leeway for injury. If I'd hurt myself during training, then the, the mission would have been off. So, but it, it was cool. I, I got through it pretty injury free and uh, got to the, got to the start line that in October and um, away we went. Yes. Yeah, it's it's an amazing project. It's amazing to hear that you've been, you got back to, to the sport after 10 years. So I was just curious uh, if, is this going to be an ongoing thing for other professionals getting involved or, it's more of a one-off project that you did with USC. No, I, I definitely, I, I see myself doing the Hawaiian Island chain in the future. I would have loved to have done it this summer, but I, I just, I just broke my back uh, a month ago surfing over in Portugal. So I'm recovering from a fractured L3 right now. I think that that's going to take a lot of my summer out of being able to get ready for that. So, you know, hopefully uh, sometime in 2023, the summer of 2023, I can get that another another seven crossings project for Hawaii. It'll give me a year to to put to put it together because you know you gotta you know there's boats and jet skis and permission and you gotta there's a lot of organising that goes on to these island crossings with boats and you know potential breakdowns and yeah there's a lot there's a lot goes into it so um it'll probably take a year to piece together. Yeah, I'm curious about the logistics of all of that now that you mention it, like all of the boats and stuff. And is there anyone to like watch you or like what if something happened? How long does the paddling take? Yeah, no, it's um, you have a big sort of a mothership that will have all the food and camera gear. And, you know, generally speaking, you can have a, a smaller boat or a jet ski that would follow me sort of close in the ocean in case something was to happen. But uh. I did the Channel Island one consistently in five days, like every day continuously in five days. So, you know, this one would be the same. I think it would be close to the exact same. I think there might be seven crossings. So, again, that would be funny. If it was, it'd be easier to just rebrand the name. Yeah, I would say the longest paddle would be Oahu to Kauai, which would be at the tail end of the trip because you would go from the Big Island to Maui, Maui to Molokai, then Molokai across to Lanai, then you got a Maui to Molokai to Oahu, and then Oahu to Kauai. So there's you know it's quite a few paddles, and you know the the longest ones are about 
six hours until you get to the last Oahu to Kauai, where I'd probably be paddling close to 20 hours continuously. I'd have to paddle through the night at some stage in the dark. So yeah, that would be the hardest one, but preparation is everything in these type of things. And logistics can seem a little tough, but if you've got the right people and everyone's on the same page and it comes together pretty easily. That's uh, that sounds really crazy. Was there anything that you learned? I think I saw in the video that you like went over to Wrigley and did a couple of things. Like were there, I guess what was the most like impactful part of the experience? Yeah, I, I think there are these awesome groups that are doing amazing things. And I mean, what's crazy is Catalina is this famous, famous island. It's like 30 miles from Los Angeles, one of the most highly populated, densely populated cities. It's Hollywood and everything, right? And a ton of money. And there's this amazing island that's a fully sustainable island, you know, and they recycle all their food and their waste and no food goes off. And no food comes. It's like this, this amazing thing. And, and, and it seems like no one knows about it. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's right there, right? What blew me away is that there needs to be awareness. You know, people need to know about these types of things. Kids, there needs to be education for kids growing up. Not so much like what I learned on what I could do, like, because, you know, there's a way smarter people out there doing that stuff than me. For me, what my job as an athlete is just to try and raise awareness of the people that are doing the amazing things. But I guess what I learned is that we could be doing a lot more. We should be doing a lot more. And these people that are doing great things need more awareness. Hopefully that's what Seven Crossings does. To what degree, I don't know, but hopefully it helps in some way, you know? Yeah. We'd love to give out like any resources to our audience or any ways to get involved. This doesn't have to be related to Seven Crossings. You can also do things related to surfing. I know you have a podcast if you want to shout that out. But yeah, any ways that people can get involved, whether that be surfing, paddling, stuff to do with environment. <laughs> yeah, I think that you just look at look at your local where you are. Like you said, there's the Surfrider Foundation, there's Parlay, there's some really cool groups out there that are doing really amazing things. Look at when they're doing their next event and go down and lend a hand. You know, that's the first thing you can do and and just understand what's happening. And within the surf community, there's a ton of really good community groups out there that are trying to do some really awesome things. So just Google that and find your local groups and, and go lend a hand and understand and and try and help. And every little bit helps and it may not seem like that, but yeah, and you feel good about yourself. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good message. That's kind of the objective of this podcast as well. Just doing what we can interviewing people, uh, get the word out there. It's not much, but it's, um, we can do yeah i think that kind of wraps it up for today thank you so much thanks guys have a great day okay that'll wrap up our episode for today for more information on eco alarm and resources on topics covered in this episode follow us at equal alarm podcast on instagram linkedin and twitter thank you guys so much for listening tune in every other friday and we'll see you next time Bye.